Khalif Raymond from the 30. Flag is down. And Raymond has run out of bounds. Another flag comes in at the 32. There are six flags on the field. Friday, March 24th, we're back. It's National Cocktail Day. Uh, we got Ethan with us again off the start because we're going to talk more college basketball. Now, full disclosure, I will say we're recording on Thursday night. So if something sounds dated, um, too bad. That's just the way it goes. I need to thank Ethan right away because I don't really follow college basketball at all during the regular season. So when I come to the tournament, it's usually just me looking at some names. And I did ask him. I identified Xavier right off the hop. And I said, is this a team that has some professionals and I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. And I picked them to go to the finals. So, you know, I'm, I have to thank you for that because you helped me make that decision. And I'm feeling very good about that. Um, I don't know if I want to take credit for that one. I'm not sure if I'm endorsing you on that. Tough. <laughs> Tough. The Sean Miller part was a big swing. I'd say it was, it was <laughs> kind of the deciding factor. If I've heard of the coach, then it really takes it to the next level. So Maybe maybe I'm getting a little overzealous there, but it is what it is. I guess when you're looking at looking back at the first round last weekend, what team sort of jumped up to you the most in terms of a team that made the Sweet 16 and you didn't think could go on a run but maybe changed your mind through the first two games? Oh, I can uh, say. Okay, go for it. Raw, can I just jump in here? Ethan, Ethan's the guest. But <laughs> no, let's, I want to hear Owen's pick first. <laughs> Okay, I was gonna say. Sorry, sorry. I actually did not even realize. I thought that was a question for the floor. That's not me. But I, I wanted to say, I wanted to say Tennessee. They've been really surprising to me. Not that they were a bad team coming in, but uh, the way they kind of dismantled Duke really was uh, pretty shocking to me. Okay, now you think you can go. <laughs> Tennessee's a good one. I still have the same issues with them, where they don't have a point guard, and then they go on long spurts where they just cannot buy a bucket now when you get to play the nine seed that's not a bad start and then you're playing michigan state next that's not a terrible matchup so for sure they could go on a bit of a run that might be my answer too um i might say miami though they got past the solid drake squad um great guards they can light it up houston has been dominant but also there's clearly been some warts with the team. If Sasser re-injures the groin again, if I think Sheed is battling a bum knee, but there's some question marks that are starting to take up. And Texas then on the other side, let's say they get past Xavier, they got an interim head coach. So Miami is a bit of a dark horse there. Hmm. So they could get up in there. I hate to see Xavier get just thrown to the wolves by Texas by in your takes, but it is what it is. We'll have to prove you wrong there. I think it, Princeton obviously is kind of the random team in there. T to me, compared to... I, this is just off my memory. You can tell me if you're wrong, but not as uh, maybe memorable or or as other 15s that have made the run to this point i don't know if you agree with me there but to me it doesn't really like i'm not locked in on a 15 when i usually am if they're making it to the sweet 16 at this point no i totally agree because what were your other 15s oral roberts and saint peter's yeah um saint peter's tiny tiny school oral roberts had never heard of them until the tournament right where princeton's coming from ivy where Still a small conference, but you've definitely had upsets from that conference before. Yale was over 
Baylor and then Harvard's had a couple of those upsets. Um, usually your Ivy teams are pretty solid. So I don't think it's as shocking to see them on a run, especially because Arizona was probably an overrated two seed. And then Missouri, well, their season ended the way it ran the whole time where super up and down can't be consistent for two games. And you also deserve some credit again, because you said you didn't like Arizona. You warned us about Purdue. You said they were a soft one. You didn't like Baylor. You're on fire. And you did predict the national champion this year. So that should make everybody feel pretty good about UCLA, I would say, even though, but you know, by the time this gets out, they could have been timid to death, but it is what it is. I still think you, you know, you, you have a proven track record at this point. It's, it's impressive stuff. Yeah, I, I got to stop coming on the pod because eventually I'm going to get burnt on one of these takes, going to talk too much. Okay. Okay, so um, we kind of mentioned last time on the pod, and, and you actually put me on the stat that 17% of the I – don't, I don't remember what the window was. It was like last six or something years or five years. Um, 17% of the 15 and 16s have won. And now I've heard of competing theories as to why that's the case. Some people say, well, I guess the one I most recently heard was people think it's because of the transfer portal where guys that maybe don't get minutes out of blue blood will transfer to a mid-major or even like a, a small major. And then those teams will go and run. So there's more, I guess, just transferring between schools and especially down the ladder. I don't know like what your thoughts on why that is the case are. Like, why, why do you think the like it, it particularly low seeds are having so much success. So, yeah. So the stat that you're referring to, it was something like you had maybe 3% of 15s and 16s winning over 30 years or something. And then the last 10 years, it's jumped up to 17%. So clearly a significant spike. Um, I'd say it's probably a combination of things. So transfer portal is probably one because Players are transferring from good schools where they couldn't get minutes to somewhere else. Um, that was Oral Roberts Vanover, their center. Mm-hmm. He was an Arkansas guy. Um, you see it at a bunch of different schools. So I'd say that's probably part of the reason. My guess is actually it's heavily related to one and dones, where before, like if you're talking mid 2000s, you're really good Duke teams. Well, they're just loaded with NBA talent and older NBA talent, right? You got 21, 22-year-old guys going to the league, top 10 picks. Where now, these one seeds are either maybe older guys that probably don't have much of NBA career, NBA talent, or they're younger guys who obviously they're still developing, still maturing physically. Like it, it, There's a little bit more room for inconsistency. And then my last thing is I would just say, I think basketball is getting more competitive. I think you have more talented athletes and there's just a larger number of talented athletes. So it, there's a little bit more parity that way then. This will, it would be my guess. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking maybe even, you know, some of these guys like uh, I know Jalen Green did it and Scoot Henderson, obviously they go the G League route. I know that's just a couple guys and it's like Kaminga and a handful of guys like that. But even when you subtract the 1% of the 1%, I mean, that takes a team you know, that could really use somebody like that and would be a two or three or one seed with them to be in, you know, a five or a six or a seven, you know. Exactly. Well, that was mellow with Syracuse, right? Mm -hmm. One and done, Syracuse, they go all the way. They're kind of the favorite, right? So, Mm -hmm. And as far as like the best player in college, I guess, uh, as far as NBA standards go, is Brandon Miller. And 
he dropped a zero bomb. He had a Kyle Lowry playoff game in the first game of the tournament. What happened? I I, I didn't see the game. I assume you did. What was that like? Is that concerning at all? What, to you at least? Uh, it didn't bother me much. What I had read is he actually hurt his groin in the SEC tournament, so was running a little bit on. 80% is kind of what they said, a little bit less than that. Who knows? It's always excuses, but also it's the 16 seed. They didn't need him. Um, and he's great at impacting the game in other ways. Solid defender, gets a lot of rebounds. So putting up zero, if you have to do it, might as well do it against the 16 seed, right? Yeah, get it out the way early. And the 16 that, you know, FDU, uh, they did make it through, but not to the sweet 16. I would say more of a impactful upset than the previous 16 because of the game. Like blowing out Virginia was impressive, but it wasn't as, you know, you don't have the memory of really watching that game tick down, I would say. I mean, for you, as far as the FDU run goes, does that compare with the greatest upsets you've seen in this tournament? I would argue it's probably the greatest ever. Tiny court, tiny funding, and so then the stat I saw is that if UMBC played FDU, so that UMBC team, if they played them, UMBC would be a 7.5 point favorite just due to metrics and whatnot. So clearly they would have been the underdog of underdogs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I also just think the coaching by their guy who, where did he, I can't remember. Anyways, they just were doing some impressive doubling and shading with the backside weak defender. It was just impressive stuff. I, I just have a quick one. I don't know if we really talked about um, Purdue, really. I was just wondering if you had much, because it wasn't just this year. It's been the last few years. Like, well, What do you think is their main problem? Because they've been a high seed for the last few years, and they just keep getting upset. I don't know if it's a coaching thing, roster thing, just like mismatch with teams that they keep getting, Like, because um, it seems like year after year they disappoint. No, that totally seems to be the trend. And it is a little bizarre because the teams are super different each year. So last year you had Jade and Ivy. This year you got terrible freshman guards. The guards aren't actually that bad, but you don't have a ball-dominant guard and you don't have NBA talent back there in their freshmen. So that's always a risk going into the tournament. Coach game plan for it well. They said, let the guards beat us. The guards could not. They clearly need more shooting around Edie. They're one of the worst three-point shooting teams. I, I don't know if it's a coaching thing. Lots of former players of other programs and of Purdue talk very highly of Painter, but also there is no success. Now with college basketball, there's also there seems to be a little bit of a hump for even the good coaches where you saw Virginia really struggle, get over the hump. Now they're really struggling again, so I don't know what that means, but <laughs> Villanova did the same thing, right? So they yeah. disappointed quite a few years in a row, and then all of a sudden – they got really good. So maybe it's a little bit of that where you're figuring it out. I think this was just a bad matchup, but it always depends. And it is tough too, because Purdue likes to focus on a big man, right? And in college ball, it's actually more guard related. So that could be part of the problem. Can I ask you a follow-up coaching question? So I was just, what do you think it is about like Tom Izzo? Because you talk about coaches that struggle year in, year out, or can't get over the hump. It seems like every year, regardless of the talent that, he kind of has on his team, like Michigan State's always outperforming expectations and outperforming seed. Is that like, is that just like a 
personality thing? Like, is it his ability to get his guys to play above their skill level? Or is there something that you think like he does that makes his teams um, so much better than they otherwise would be? I'm sure it's a combination. He has yeah. talent coming in, but yes, they always overperform their seed. They, they very rarely lose in the first round, except for, you know, back when they were the two seed and lost to middle Tennessee. Yeah. But even as a seven seed, right? Like they make it to the sweet 16 every other year. And um, they got good guards most years, but they do it through a combination of ways. One thing I've noticed from watching games this year is I think Tom Izzo is really good about controlling the pace of the game which is a huge, huge deal, especially for college kids, right? Because emotions are all over the place. Players are losing composure. But I think he's very good about communicating to his players when to push tempo, when to slow it down, when he's calling timeouts, and that swings a game. So that would that would probably be my answer to it. Okay. I wanted to ask about Patino too, because St. John's I know hasn't been really relevant in – I don't know how long, maybe my entire life. They do have the garden. They have some advantages, but do you think he can breathe some life in that program? He's got to be getting up there. And I mean, I know he's Rick Patino, but I feel like his effects might be slightly dated. I'm sure I'm not alone in thinking that. Yeah, totally. So Patino, they did, I want to say CBS did a little interview with him, kind of talking about what he's wanted to do. This was a month before the tournament, he was clearly, you know, soft launching, hinting that he was out at Iona, wanted a bigger job, more money. Um, he's got his five or six year deal. This is going to be his last contract. I don't think he has to move houses, just given locations. He's from around there. He likes living there. Um, just do the name. He should be able to get players. His teams always seem to outperform what they're expected. Um, and yeah, St. John's, it's been a long time since they've been relevant, but I think it wouldn't be too, too hard to build up that brand. Uh, it's also like, it's New York, it's the garden, right? It's the big East where this year, the big East has actually been pretty good in the tournament. They always seem to get a two seed. Maybe, maybe St. John's isn't the second best team, but Villanova, Villanova now has a bit of questions. New coach, new coach didn't do super well this year. Georgetown is taking on Cooley, where that's a bit of a rebuild, clearly. Um, and then Providence lost their coach, right? So are we sure Providence will still be as good? Maybe St. John's can leapfrog them right away. It wouldn't shock me if within two, three years, this is a team where maybe they're the third best team in the Big East. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned new coaches in there, and I, I know we're jumping around a little bit, but the Duke new coach, obviously, and Villanova has a new coach, and those are the two teams I think that made the biggest changes. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but what are your impressions of the new Duke coach, and I guess do you think he's a long-term fit to replace Coach K? Because I know they won that first game, but it seemed like a pretty obvious mismatch and didn't do much beyond that. I would say that's probably the biggest change in coaching and sports probably just given how long coach K was around, they play a way different style. Now um, they say it's like going back in time. It's slower paced. I don't know. I'm sure they're going to keep them around for a while. I think they have a lot of patience. You win a game in your first year. That's a successful year. I'm sure admin are happy with it. You probably should have beaten Tennessee. They don't have a point guard. They don't have offense and you really weren't that close. 
So that, that might be a question, but also it's a first-year coach. If it was a fourth-year coach, maybe he's getting a little bit of heat. Most programs you wouldn't, but just given Duke the standard that you're held to. I think he's probably long-term fit. They'll be happy with him. And I just had one last question, I guess. Um, and it's not about a team in the tournament, but it's about Baycott. And Baycott is, I think this shows unanimous favorite player. And I'm very happy to see that he's following in the lines of, you know, the Perry Ellis All-Stars, the guys who are around just forever and never leave as he's coming back. Now, I heard he's making 500 grand a year off endorsements in NIL. So it's probably more profitable for him to stay in college. I guess my question to you, well, two-parter. One, who else... Among the five-year All-Stars, should we consider with Baycott and Perry Ellis? Two, do you think this is going to happen more where guys who maybe are fringe NBAers, like around the, you know, I don't know where he would go, but 20s or 30s in the draft, would maybe stick it out at a bigger school for longer because they can get some NIL money? Just off the top of my head, I know Memphis has a 26-year-old forward. I would love oh. to see him come back for his 27th year. I think that would be great. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's lots of other guys like that where they've been around forever. Um, I'm sure you'll start to see it more. If I'm a college kid playing basketball, I probably actually didn't I probably didn't finish my degree in four years, right? Probably takes five years anyways, so might as well get the degree. They're going to pay you to do it. Um, I'm sure you're worshipped on campus, so quality of life is probably better than going to the NBA no one knows who you are because you're actually in the G League and you don't have job security there. So I, I would imagine that it continues to increase as well as when you're staying another year, you're not forgoing NBA money. You're just getting what you can now. And then you're saying, I'll develop my skills one more year where I got very hands-on coaching, where I'm the focus, get a little bit of national spotlight. And then when you do go to the NBA, you're another year older. Maybe you're a little bit more prepared, right? Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, it's good to have you on because, again, we are the least knowledgeable college basketball people, I think, on the earth. That was showcased by Adam, who sat in this conversation with you a week ago and still picked an Arizona-Purdue Final Four. Um, so I know he's not enjoyed his week, but he also didn't listen to your advice. So if he wants to get a word in, maybe apologize next time. You know. Well, I mean, I, I would apologize. No, it's but not his fault. The fact of the matter is, no, no, no. There's a lot the of people that matter. enter this bracket, and you know, if you if you just follow the experts' advice, you're gonna have a generic bracket, and then it's even harder to win. But if I go against the expert right. advice, then if something crazy happens, then I'm the winner, right? Because everyone's everyone's listening to Ethan, so that's kind of part of my logic there. But Hold I do on, apologize. So, so, so he's the winner. Wait, wait, wait. So you're actually anyway, fading him. either way. Yeah. So you're, I'm, so you're, I'm fading him because everyone's gonna kind of everyone's gonna follow him. So say everyone right. everyone picks against Arizona, and I'm the only guy who picked Arizona. Then if right. they win, then I get the dub. But you're if the Arizona loses, then if Arizona the loses, one then I'm along with like 30 other people who picked against them. You know what I mean? That's crazy. That's a crazy. So you, your 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 trick, like Asif Grisleev, was to pick the one seed Purdue to go to the final four. <laughs> That was the Ace of his lead. <laughs> against the two. Well, it's an Ethan bracket, <laughs> so I'm picking against Ethan. Uh, well, <laughs> oh, there was 400 other people in the contest, so that also could have contributed to you it. You know, I'm not I'm not doing that bad. I kind of made a comeback after day one, so. I actually, I think you're literally ahead of me, but I still have some teams <laughs> alive, so I don't, I can't talk too much, but. 
Hey, what can you do? <laughs> well, thank you again, Ethan. I really appreciate it. We might have you on again after the national championship, but if this is goodbye, we, I mean, you've carried the college basketball month, so thank you. Yes. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'll see you guys again next year, hey? I love oh, it. Oh, yeah, you betcha. I love it. Thank you, guy. See ya. Thanks. Nah, he has to come back. Yeah, well, if UCLA wins, he'll come back. Now we can do the stuff we're more familiar with. Football, I want to go to Adam right away because uh, I've really I've loved this afternoon when I got the notification. Adam Schefter, Zeke has told him that uh, the decision is, is nearing the finish line and that he's down to three teams, the Bengals, Owens, New York Jets, and the Eagles. And then I enjoyed even more three hours later when the Eagles told Adam Schefter we've never contacted him we don't know like why he he listed us. We don't have any interest. Um, wow. So the decision is getting close to the finish line, I, I think, for Zeke. But he's just got to yeah. narrow down who he's actually talked to and hasn't. But I guess it's probably good for you that it's not the Eagles because I think that would have hurt you a little bit inside. I don't know why he brought them up. But, yeah, that would be pretty painful to see him in an Eagles kit. But uh, I'm definitely Rock I'm definitely kid. hoping Eagles for the kid. Jets. Because that would be sick, seeing Owen like have to cheer for Aaron Rodgers and then Zeke. <laughs> that would just be sick. And then OBJ down the and line. I mean, he's a good like. We have like if yeah, listen, if you can get if Zeke, Zeke for cheap, does dress up in the Eagles kit and performs on the pitch, that would be <laughs> fucked. <laughs> well, scoop him for pretty cheap. Like if you can get Zeke on like a cheap contract RB two, like you know, switch up the pace, RB2, maybe a little pass blocking. Dude, we have like four RBs. Here's the what I, I can see the Jets doing it because at this point it seems like they're just signing anybody that'll that that that's like will talk to them. Oh, they signed like <laughs> they're signed. They signed like Lazard for no reason. Who's who's you know whatever, and then they signed Hardman, <laughs> and then they got rid of. More, who is probably better than both of them. <laughs> Lazard, actually, now that you kind of think about it, was kind of stupid. Because, like, <laughs> really, the, the the freaking, like, there's a good chance Aaron Rodgers doesn't come. And you're just kind of stuck with this, like, wide receiver that's, like, whatever. Yeah, for four years, 44. <laughs> I'm, like, what? Uh, He's going to be so much better. And even if Aaron Rodgers does come, he did nothing with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he was so <laughs> any quarterback you bring in is most likely a downgrade from Aaron Rodgers. He's most likely going to suck. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers is a downgrade on Aaron Rodgers of years past at this point. That's so right. It's not like you're going to get an in, increase in production. Usually, I don't know if the Jets know this, but usually when receivers hit the market, that means, you know, the goose not is good. cooked. Yeah, no exactly. Bueno. No bueno. I like it. But the Jets are really working on like the Madden 17 All-Star game. Would you guys not like um, Zeke on the Bengals? Would that be too much like social media PR for us to to eat up? I'm okay with him on the Bengals, really. I got no problem with that. I feel like him and Joe Mixon would be kind of nasty. <laughs> Said no one in the year 2023. <laughs> just like, because Joe Mixon's got a big load, right? So I think if you like split up the carries, you know, they both... Yeah, no, he he actually signed with the Jets. I swear to God, I'm not even making that up. <laughs> You're joking. You I'm, let me make sure, but I'm pretty sure he signed with the Jets. He signed two <laughs> years with someone. He's on the Broncos. He's on the Broncos. Oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> and hand up. That was my fault. I'm going to take Zonovan? full accountability. Wow, that's a banger name. <laughs> Zonovan. <laughs> And we got Michael Carter. People forget about him. 
They do forget about him. They you got three three RB ones basically, or an RB. Did they trade the RB2s. guy that wanted a uh, wanted out? Eli Moore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sadly, yeah, he's probably better than Alan Lazard and cheaper. But hey, <laughs> <laughs> does Aaron Rodgers know him? No. <laughs> Makes that decision very easy. Oh mercy, man! The Jets, the Jets are the gift that keeps on giving, and I really hope they continue forging down this path of just making Owen apologize over and over again for an entire spring. It would really, it's you know, what really... I'm just afraid of. What's it keeps me up at night is uh, it, it keeps me up at night when I think about like. Obviously, the price for Aaron Rodgers is going to be a lot, like lots of picks and probably some like some premium players. Maybe what scares me is the deal never gets done, and it's just week one. It's Zach Wilson just walking out there. I would say the odds are going up by the day because no Mike White. Uh, who knows what Flacco's doing? But that's not unlikely at this point. Who's so even left unlikely. for quarterbacks? Like I don't think. Well, I know someone who's left. He actually worked out at the Auburn Pro Day, Cam Newton. I don't know if you guys got to look at him, but maybe he could start for the Jets. He is probably better. Yeah, than Zach Wilson. He's really bad. Yeah, they He's both really are all stars at throwing against the air. Uh, let me tell you that they both dropped some unbelievable balls at their pro days. One of them, one of them's pro day just happened to be when he was thirty-three, but it doesn't matter much. Age, mage. I love quarterback comebacks. Like I remember Jamarcus Russell was staging a comeback in like 2018 and he had a mini series. <laughs> it was just electric to see him just work out and run 40s. It's awesome. It really it's was. sad, but it's good. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. I also liked another quarterback comeback stuff this week. I liked the Big Ben uh, to let everybody know <laughs> that the 49ers reached out to him last fall. That when Garoppolo went down, they needed a veteran guy to hold the board, and he he said he considered it. I really liked that Big Ben was so transparent about that and gave us the honest <laughs> truth. So good for he him. Said, I'm only black and gold. Yeah, that's the spirit. Well, he could have just been gold because the 49ers are gold. He could have just. That's true. Yeah, kind of a missed opportunity. I did want to read this tweet. It um, it really gave me a good laugh. It was about Cam Newton because Cam Newton, <laughs> like we were talking about, he did have the, you know, tell me who's 32 better than me. It's like, the, like Owen said, there's probably 50 that are better than him, but it's okay. <laughs> this guy actually agreed with Cam Newton. His name is uh, Pharaoh3K, and he said, Cam is better than this list. Baker, Dalton, Fields, Love, Kyler Murray, Purdy, Geno Smith, <laughs> Sam Howell, Daniel Jones, Minshew, Tannehill, Davis Mills, Pickett, Jimmy G, maybe Russell Wilson. That was a pretty good <laughs> list by this guy. <laughs> the best one on there was Kyler Murray, for sure. <laughs> that was the one that gave me the biggest laugh. I mean, I just want to say, like, about Cam Here we go. Here we go. Here, here he comes. Here comes Cam Newton's knight in shining armor. I mean, I was just going to say that I respect it because like a bunch of these like out of the league quarterbacks would just like keep tweeting and keep talking about how they're working out every day and they deserve a shot. But he actually like went out there and went to a pro day and like tried, you know what I mean? Which is which I respect. Like it's better than just sitting there and complaining like, oh, I'm better than all these guys. These teams won't sign. Like he actually went out and he worked out. So I respect that. Just as a person, I respect that. Fair enough. I can't yeah. hate on you respecting that. I, I, you know what? I somewhat agree with you, but I also, I don't want to be a hater and this could come across as a hater comment, but there comes a time when you just have to, 
and then let the dream slip and pass on That's to the next guy. That's a hater comment. I know. It, it was at risk of being that. <laughs> but I think we all watched the Cam Newton Panthers I'm back season that ended with that game against the Bills when he just couldn't <laughs> even like move the ball forward. Like It was a struggle to just get it out the hand going that direction. So... I don't want to be a hater, like I said, but it is what it is. I also like the Panthers' seamless transition. I like that they've already tipped their hat at the number one pick. I don't know if you saw the clip, but after the CJ Stroud workout, Josh McCown said, we'll have to look for a court when you live in Carolina. Wait, Josh McCown? He's the new quarterback's coach? coach. Yeah. Oh, quarterback's coach. Well, I also saw Frank Reich talking about how he doesn't mind picking up a short quarterback. Did you see that clip? Whoa! He's like, I just wanted. That's the smoke screen. He's like, I just wanted to let you guys know that, like, I was in on Russell Wilson, and I have no problem like drafting a shorter quarterback. Oh, I love, I love. (laughs) Let me admit something to you guys. Decade (laughs) after it happened, yeah. (laughs) Because he was, because people were talking about how every quarterback he's worked with has been like six five, six four, stuff like that. So they're like, oh, he's not going to take Bryce Young, but he's like. No, just so you guys know, like I was down for Russell Wilson. Like I'm down for a short guy. Raw, well, you know, I'm down for a guessing. Super Bowl champion quarterback. <laughs> like Alex says, these people that come out of the woodwork like years after the fact are my favorite. Like Tibbs when he was like, I was banging on the table. We need Draymond Green. Like that, that <laughs> like those type of people are the best. They just think yeah. we're all living under the rocks. <laughs> Takes a big man to admit that. It does. Yeah, that's it does. right. Yeah. You've got to really be strong. I mean, he did end up with Marcus Teague instead of Draymond Green, who had a great career. So <laughs> you know, you can't really fault the guy for turning down that talent, but it is what it is. I, I, uh, I do think maybe this is the ultimate smokescreen by the Panthers, potentially, and they're loading up to take Alex's boy Levi's jeans at number one. Wow. You think they're going to take Levi's jeans at one? Well, I'm saying if this is actually a smokescreen, then like they're just kind of working down the list of like guys that, uh, you know, are well, rumored wait, to wait, go number one. What about Anthony Richardson, though? I think anybody but Levi's jeans. Wait, didn't we all have our guys? Yeah. We did. I'm a Bryce Young guy. And I'm Anthony Richardson. I'm I thought I was Levi's. You, you are. Yeah. Let's go. So you yeah. should want your guy. Le- I, his name is Levis, but Alex calling him <laughs> Levi's just always makes me laugh. So. Who's Alex's guy? Who's the last Stroud, one? Oh, Stroud. All right, all right. Yeah. Well, no, no I that's think like Levis the new. Nice. That's the new PJ Washington. It yeah, is Levi's, and he and he also plays for the Panthers. Maybe <laughs> exactly. So there you go. <laughs> it's seamless, dude. I also, lastly, I want to congratulate Roger on finalizing a four-year extension to stay on as the commissioner. Now, do you know how much money a year he makes? <laughs> Probably like an obscene amount. No. 10 million? I bet, I bet it's like 15. 64. <laughs> <That's> no <laughs> way. Did he ask for like crazy stuff again? I don't know that he did. Like I think they paid for his health insurance. It's like, wow. <laughs> he makes $64 million a year. Yes, dude. he does. His job is so oh easy. Oh my goodness. What does he even do? Nothing. He just takes directions from the owners. <laughs> And then literally just gets shit on by the media. So well, that's like what he gets paid for. Sixty-four a year. He's a sixty-four million dollar a year guaranteed. 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 No incentive. Incentive. <laughs> no incentive. Incentive. Owners less than fifteen hundred concussions in a season. It's like a ten million dollar bonus. Wait, <laughs> Phil. Why? Why do the owners love him? Like, what has he done? That because he just love listens him so much. to like whatever the they game? tell him to do. 
Yeah, pretty much. That's whatever they tell him to do. But 60, that's, I've never heard that before. Well, I actually, because I thought the same thing. So I looked up the other commissioners and what do you, so Adam Silver makes 10, Batman makes eight and Rob Manfred's making like 20. So isn't Adam Silver like sick? Then it depends on who you ask. I thought he was pretty liked. Yeah, I think He's most good, depends yeah. on who you ask, really. I, I'm not much of a fan. I know a lot, like, probably the consensus is that he's really good. I think load management's, like, ruined the sport, so I don't really like the yeah. guy. But that's not Manfred making there. 20 is also, that's kind of that's kind of ludicrous. That's uh, that's an overpay, as they say. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a bad contract. <laughs> that's a bad contract. <laughs> Maybe they should look on the buyout See market. You can buy that out. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm but there's a correlation there. Like the more hated you are, the more money like you make. Like the more unpopular choices that you're like the face of, the more the owners will pay you, I guess. Because man, sorry, how much how much does Batman make? Eight. Well the NHL is Well, that correlates. He's like he shouldn't be making any more. I mean, the NFL's like the beach and the NHL's like the ladybug sandbox you buy at IKEA in terms of size. That's like the difference in money between the two sports. But it's kinda like a referee, like you're you're paying him to get exactly shit on. Yeah. Yeah, I guess if you phrase it that way. But it's also (laughs) like sixty four million dollars is a year a year is a lot. But no, that's insane like like that's a little too much like like i would maybe bump that down because i think 64 was actually his last contract so he might be you know next contract capped out you know no he might be making more like he might be in the 70s on this next one you know what i want to know i want to know how many other people in like the united states of america make a salary more than 64 million dollars a year like i'm not talking like ceos who get paid in stock i want to know like cash salary who's getting paid more than that in the united states there's no way it's more than five or six people there's no way you've come to the wrong guy i don't know (laughs) is he technically ceo then of the nfl like that's what he is right that's his job title maybe i guess i guess this is another way (laughs) like i don't know again you've come to the wrong guys like we this is not really the tree that we are most familiar with i I mean i think it's technically him right like he's the he's the boss of the nfl (laughs) you think but like (laughs) i guess but at the same time not really because he just (laughs) does whatever the owners tell him to do the owners are kind of the ceo yeah well is it well how would we break this down in terms of succession phil that's what i was gonna say some owners have more sway than the others. There's big people who, well, that's true. Owners, that's true. yeah, some the, owners. The Bengals owner isn't, uh, <laughs> you know, telling Jerry Jones what to do here. Yeah, <laughs> him and his son are not strutting into the league meetings like, listen up, Roger. Like that's not happening. He has more power than them for sure. But when I you're like, you're talking like Jerry, Robert Kraft, like those guys are probably the CEO. Like those are like the big, big dogs in the kennel. It's probably Thank a question you to Roger for, uh, for um, keeping his salary transparent with everybody. I appreciate yeah. it. So yeah. This, is, folks this is a question for Phil's dad. I feel like he knows <clears throat> the answer to this. Well, he's listening, so he'll text you. Sick. Okay. Let's we'll put it on the back burner. I'm genuinely very curious to know. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. There's no other <laughs> way we can really approach this right now. But we'll follow up on this story next Our time. Our expertise has reached its limit. Yeah. Our legal counsel will check in on the next episode, (laughs) maybe in the form of a voice memo. That would be good. If I could teach him how to record that, that would be great. Uh, The other sports stuff that's going on this week. I did actually, I, I, 
I made a boo-boo when I said that I didn't care about the World Classic. I actually tuned in to the World Baseball Classic, and uh, I checked out the Japan against Mexico game and the Japan against USA game, and I thought they were both very memorable sporting events. I don't know how much of that is Otani doing his thing and how amazing he is and, like, you know... You'll, you'll tell your kids about seeing Shohei Otani if you get the chance to. He's that amazing of an athlete. But at the same time, I do think that, and honestly, applicable to all sports, country-on-country competition is so elite that any sport could do it. Like, basketball could do it way better than they do. And hockey, obviously, I mean, that's the biggest one for me. I think it's probably like my you know, second favorite sports. So that's probably why I take it so personally. But country on country competition is a proven, proven, unbeaten method of sport. I agree. I haven't really come away ever watching an international tournament in any sport being like, that was, that sucks. Unless it's like a, like a third or fourth what about like deviation of it. Like, you know, like the Spangler Cup and that sort of bullshit. Like <laughs> the Ryder Cup. The kind of top tournament in the sport or whatever tournaments deem the top one um, for international sport. Those are always bangers. What about um, basketball, though? The, yeah, well, that's the that thing. With basketball, sucks. it's kind of weird because... Uh, U.S. is so much better? Well, yeah. Not even. I just feel like some of the international countries, like some of the guys just don't show up. Like I know Jokic wasn't showing up for like two, two, three years on the Serbian national team for whatever reason. Well, not really for whatever reason. Just kind of he's like gassed. By the end of the playoffs, I know that was when the Nuggets were in the West they were Finals, the Conference Finals, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just gassed because they had, I think it was the FIBA tournament or the Olympics were like right after that. Um, so they kind of have a, have to time it in a in a way where like the guys are rested. I think they do it pretty good for the Olympics. I think it was in like August a few years back. Um, and yeah, the USA is really good, but I just think we're gonna see more and more stacked international teams. Like France, like with Wemby, um, could be pretty sick, and you know I think like Serbia is gonna be also a, a good team for for a long time. <laughs> Raw, as long as Jokic is playing, not right. <laughs> you had to slip that one uh, in there, did you? I had to, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I totally agree with Phil, and I think hockey's been doing an awful job. Oh, the fact that Connor McDavid has not put on a, a Team Canada jersey since he's entered the league, I think, Phil. 17, right? 17. Since se- yeah, since yeah, since 17 is a, is a complete joke. Um, talk about like expanding the sport. You're not going to expand the sport with two preseason games in uh Vernon, in China BC or, yeah. or or in uh or in Germany. This is the way to do it, I think. Um, kind of have a bigger national tournament, that sort of stuff like I just I don't know why the NHL scrapped. What was that tournament called? World Cup of Hockey. And it World wasn't like like it wasn't perfect, but like you're doing something. You're like, doing you, something. And it was sick. I even kind of liked the like the under 25 roster that they had and that sort of stuff. I thought it was pretty sick. So at least you were doing something. They just kind of decided to not do anything. Um so yeah, it's they kind of just looks like they rely on the Olympics a lot, but yeah, I agree with Phil. There is something nice about like I'll say as far as the WBC goes, like it's just my own thing. Like it doesn't really get my juices flowing, but that's because I'm less of a baseball fan and more of a Blue Jays fan. Um, But I will say uh, in general, I think like international competition is really, it's great because 
Like these guys aren't really, I mean, they do get paid, I think at some level, but they're not really getting paid like they would be in their respective leagues. So you're not really playing for a paycheck. You're not playing for anybody else other than just like basically like national pride and, and like the competition of it. So there's something nice about that. And I think it does probably grow the sport. Like I, I would bet any fan in Japan, any like, Somebody who anybody in Japan who like is aware of what baseball is probably had their TV locked to the WBC. They said ninety seven point five percent of all Japanese TVs were on the game. Yeah, and that doesn't surprise me. So I mean, if the MLB wants a greater like viewership and greater participation in the league, I think the best thing they can do is encourage a tournament like this. And I think it's the same for the NHL because again, for some sports, it doesn't work as well for the NBA, maybe not as well as other sports just because of how dominant the United States is. But in the NHL, you can at least make the case that certain, you know, there's at least a chance that certain teams could make a run. So I think there's a big chance for expansion. I think that's the beauty of it is the making a run aspect. I think even playing a close game with the United States would be considered a success in basketball or someone upsetting Canada or the U S in hockey. Like, I, like even like seeing it in like world cup, like when you have a small country, you don't even have to have a Monaco uh, or a Morocco situation, sorry, um, where they have to get to the semifinals. If they just get out of the group and say, knock out maybe a bigger team um, that's considered a success and it draws eyes. Like it just makes the tournament interesting. Um, just given that like playing for international pride and these guys don't like these aren't they, they don't play all the time together like it's kind of like a two-week camp let's go and then that's what makes it super unpredictable and fun to watch yeah and you have expect like i'll be the first to admit i wasn't interested in world baseball classic at the start because it's like it's not really a big deal here for a lot of different reasons yeah. and there's no real history with the tournament for any canadians but i'll also say that baseball is like on the lower level of sports that uh are good internationally like i would say basketball is probably better internationally than baseball is for in terms yeah. of competitiveness and even so, the baseball tournament's so good that people are still like very interested in tuning in. And that's what pisses me off the most about hockey is they have an unbelievable advantage to get a global audience and they just like completely fail to exercise any use of it. It's embarrassing. And there's a bunch of teams like like there's some really, really good teams um in hockey that besides Team USA or Canada that if they beat USA or Canada, I would not be surprised. Yeah, like, tons. Like the Czechs, the Swedes, the Finns, Germany, um, Russians, Germany, Russia. and then yeah, I forgot about the Russians. Like, there's like five, five or six other unbelievable teams that would like it would just draw a bunch of eyes. Like I, and that's something I think, like at least for Canada, and I know a big parts of the US would would draw a bunch of eyes. Like I know all of Canada would be watching this. I mean, like the freaking world juniors here are like uh the world cup in europe yeah i can only imagine what it would be when you have the top dogs going at it you well, know what i mean yeah and i remember what it was like in like i'm sure even you guys remember what it was like in 2010 when they were playing in vancouver and how what a big deal that was at least you know i remember that yeah. and i remember even when they played in sochi in 14 the games were on at like 3 a.m and people here were still like oh did you oh, get yeah. the game this morning like i wasn't doing it but I know people, tons of people were. And the merch goes crazy here. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't go, it doesn't go crazy on the streets, but it goes crazy off the shelves. Yeah. It goes crazy off the shelves. Like people buy it up and then they never wear it. But still. (laughs) 
Yeah. I want, like, Otani, I guess, would be another talking point because he obviously got the big strikeout at the end. I really liked his um, his list of personal goals in life. I don't know if anybody saw that. I'm going to pull it up so yeah. I can read it. But I, I wanted to ask, I guess, oh, and I know you're a Jays guy mostly, but, like, do you have these, like, like, so I saw some tweet that was, like, what Otani does is like if McDavid hopped in net and, and had like a 920 save percentage, like that's like the equivalent of what Otani's doing. And it's very true, like different sports, but like still, I just sort of have these realizations where it's like, I don't think anybody will be considered on the same level as him in that sport ever again. Like, I think he's like so far and away the number one talent to like literally ever play baseball. I, I don't know how, like, like, that just kind of, like, blows my mind that that's, like, the level that he's at. And you could say the same of McDavid, honestly. Like, that these two guys are both going at it and the sports are failing to market them is a different conversation. But specifically, Otani, like, I don't think anybody's ever going to be considered on his level, like, again. Yeah. Well, I think you, you think about McDavid. Yeah, yes, McDavid is, obviously, he's arguably the greatest hockey player ever, one of the best, I don't know, two or three maybe yeah that's fair um but what makes otani i think different and particularly special is it's not just that he's so great like this is it's not just that he's just great at one thing he's he's like the best in his sport like at everything you know so it's like it's hard to compare them because it's not just it's the versatility almost that makes otani as great as he is and most athletes in general will never be able to compete with that. Like you could make the case, like it'd be like somebody being the greatest defender ever in basketball and the greatest scorer. But even that, those are, you know, those are somewhat similar skills in, in a certain sense. Yeah. Whereas in baseball, it's like the, pitching and, and there's obviously They're some like crossover, but it's so distinct. Almost. Yeah, exactly. It's like, so distinct. It's uh, incredible to watch. I, I just like if he just starts playing like shortstop two or something. Oh, which he, he easily play, could. He could. I'd be like, walking the park. I, I need to see him play a game at shortstop. Uh, if he does that, then he's probably the greatest athlete of all time. I I, I think he's already. I up think there. he already kind he, of is. You think so? Yeah. 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 Like honestly. I actually, I actually genuinely believe in like sixty years, somebody could be like. I, I think it's a very strong possibility. Somebody could say. Oh, who were the greatest dude. athletes you ever saw? And I would say McDavid and Otani. I would well, like, I, and they're playing right now in their primes at the same time. And Adam's Phil, laughing, Phil. but it's dead ass the truth. No, it is. Phil, there's people like my dad, for example, or people maybe a little bit older than my dad. Will, if you ask them that question, they'll say Bo Jackson. You'll hear people say Bo Jackson. That's not an uncommon answer. And it, again, it's some, somewhat similar in the versatility and, and just the dominance. Um, but Otani is he's running laps around what Bo Jackson did in my opinion. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. Nobody, nobody's ever even dared to try this at a, like a failing level and he's yeah. excelling at both. You're forgetting about Anthony ghost, but yeah. Yeah. Anthony ghost. Yeah. I hope he, his pinch running career for the blue Jays transition into <laughs> guardians left-hander with a seven ERA is not quite <laughs> holding a candle to what Otani's doing for me. Adam, do you have a take? No, I don't have a what? what? Adam, come on. <laughs> Pitch an inning here. Do something. Experiment. Like, what's um, your just, like, take on the GOAT? Like, because like, if it was up to me, I'd just name every single player that I've watched 
on TV in my generation, the GOAT. Like I'll go Messi or maybe Ronaldo, but um <laughs> still go, no hope. I'd go McDavid, Otani, LeBron, Brady. I mean, am I like, wrong? Like I, I would don't know. I would personally always say Messi, but that's just me. I would say okay, Messi say, and like maybe LeBron. Messi. Is are we even wrong to name those four or five guys as the greatest? No players in their sport of all time and dude expand it out you got usain bolt michael phelps you've got yeah. Djokovic or yeah. or nadal or whatever federer yeah yeah federer all three of them are at the same time it's yeah. uh you, you got serena you've tiger got woods tiger yeah. woods it's uh we're living in i think the golden, the golden generation i mean we can yeah. but like dylan brooks i feel like i feel like people <laughs> always said that they're in the like if you go back 30 years i'm sure they named like all the greats and all the sports at that time and they're like oh we're in the like maradona michael jordan him Redskin, and him and yeah. they're true. like oh we're in the golden generation so that's yeah, who knows true, but maybe 30 years from now though like it'll be the same no, thing no, that's true but watching these guys just makes everyone look like not even close yeah but that might happen again because that's what it was i think with, i agree it could happen again but right now yeah like, Gretzky, I don't know. I don't know if he's like doing the stuff that McDavid. Uh, <laughs> well, was, I can do it. You know, I can only go off what the people who saw both tell me, and everybody I Shout know. Shout out Dave. Yeah, and everybody I know who's seen both, <laughs> and this isn't even necessarily just him. Everybody I know who's seen both is like they're just one and two, and I, I guess this. I watch every other game. I to me, it's like impossible that somebody will come along in the next forty years and be that good and that advanced. I just don't see it happening. I, well, I mean, I, I feel the same way about Messi, but, I mean, if it happens, it happens. But I I also don't think that anyone's ever going to be... and Anyone's ever going to be able to do what he's done again. I will say, though, too, I think that we are going to obviously see some goats get surpassed. Like, I think within the next couple of years, I don't think... I think there's a good chance people will when when you talk about the greatest NFL player of all time, it'll if you don't say Mahomes, people will look at you like you're weird. Like it's and yeah, if true. you told that to me five years ago that like Brady wouldn't be the goat or whenever he won his last Super Bowl, I'd be like, well, there's no way. But I will say, like when you think about organized sports in North America in general, I mean they're not old. Like most sports, I mean with the exception of baseball, were like early 20th century kind of beginnings. Like baseball is a bit older. But these sports have not been around for that long. And because of that, there's been rapid changes exponentially over these, you know, 100, 150 years, whatever it is, 120 years since they've been invented. And I think we're at a point now where, yes, players and technology and whatnot and skill is going to get greater and it's going to get everything's going to get better. But it's going to be much less than, say, like the 70s to the 2000s. You know, like if you compare the basketball in the 70s to basketball in the 2000s, or basketball in the 2000s to basketball today. Yes, there's obviously clear differences, but the game is only can only evolve so much, and it's it's evolved exponentially. And uh, I think there's going to be somewhat of a ceiling. So, yeah, I think that's the case that's for a lot of sports. True. Like and if you look at Usain Bolt, they actually they know like what the fastest a human can even run is, and he's not that much slower than that. So, like the reality of someone being faster than him in our lifetimes is very very low. Wait, I, so are you just saying then that given like investments in sports and the sports thing around longer and people like more and more people going into a certain sport, are you saying like we will see more 
Otani's or or McDavid's? No. no? But well, I think we we will, but I'm just saying it's less likely because a lot of what it's like a rising tide lifts all boats. We're like the game is so much better, so all the players are better. So there's a greater chance of seeing a goat, but I'm saying that's happening less now because the sports are already so evolved. Yeah, and I would also say to older. that, I would also say because even if somebody hit that level again, it would like he's saying the competition, the rest of the people in the league wouldn't be that far away from them. The separation yes. between these guys, Otani and McDavid specifically right now in their primes to the next guy is so big that the, I don't think that gap might never come again for a player in this time. And also, even if it did, because these people were the like the first ones to do it in our memory, they'll just always resonate. Like that's just never going away. Like the same way Adam feels about Messi and like that's, like you're gonna feel that way in like 60 years, just because he was the first one that you saw that like completely separated himself from the pack. Well, I think that's the thing that's m the most interesting though is then we have context as to like I think it'll be more fun because then you actually get to compare these guys based on what Phil's saying on like what you saw and like how they stack up to these first few like these first athletes that we've seen. But I'm I'm not even joking. Like I like once again I say like I just think you named these five six seven guys that they are like they could they're arguably the goats and no one comes yeah. close to the ones we've named yeah and this could sound like a hot take this actually might sound like an extremely hot take but like to me the lower level <laughs> okay this, <laughs> gonna, this, this almost burned my tongue no no it's not a mcdavid take the <laughs> the lower level of those people you named is like the people like <laughs> I can't even believe I'm going to say this. The people like Brady, they're at the lower level of that because like to me, like the separation with Brady is not like, like seven Super Bowls is ne probably never going to happen again. But the separation of like quarterback play to him and the next guy is not as great as a separation in oh, baseball like play or hockey play to the, to the other guys that we mentioned. Oh, could not agree more. Oh, I see. You're talking like skill level, like, like on the field play. Yeah. yeah. Skill level. You could... I believe that Brady's not even – I don't even think when he was the greatest, he was the most skilled well, he I'd would. ever seen. Like, I think like, – He's he can not. Make the case. I, Aaron I, I Rogers kind of agree with better. Owen. Yeah. So he's probably, like, Where the Brady, most – He's, like, the best the leader player. ever. Yeah, or he's the best intangible I, ever. He's a football I, like, genius. I'm kind of yes. – He's a football genius. I'm kind of, I'm kind of like um, – that, And that's why I love Patrick Mahomes because he's honestly, to me, when I watch him, he's got that um, – that sort of like McDavid Otani where it's like, holy shit. Like you've literally never seen anyone do this before. How does he do this every single time? And like to the point where like when you watch these players, it's it's just unfair. It's like, okay, like, like how, how do you, what, what do you do for that? Yeah. You know? and, and Mahomes is getting to that point with me where it's like, all right, this is just like a joke. Yeah. And that's, I, I completely agree. And, and McDavid and, Otani have been at that level. McDavid, just again, from watching the game, he, he thinks like at such a far advanced level. Like last night, he takes the puck behind the net. He says after the game, if the goalie, the goalie's thinking about going left, so I wait for him to start the move and he's behind the net and he's like, I know he's going to turn his head. So he just flicked the puck off the back of his head and in the net. Like I just, nobody else is going to think that quickly and at that much of a level. Like I just, I, that's kind of a tangent. 
but I think it's unlucky. He's a, he's one of the most unlucky goats, I will say, because <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and as, I'm not even I don't even mean that his team is bad and that he hasn't had like championship success. I just mean the guy he has to beat is so dominant or was so dominant that you're you could be as skilled and as great as he is. It, he has like I'll say he has the hardest mountain, the hardest hump to to like get over. Yeah, as far as the guy to beat, like he's even greater than Michael Jordan with all his like mythology and everything. I think Gretzky's like it's pretty it's a tall well, task. That's also because I feel like back like 20, 30 years ago, I think like winning like four Stanley Cups in a row was like that like would never happen. I think in in today's hockey, I just think your max would be like back to back is like two. But your team has to. Be. I just, I just feel like winning a Stanley Cup is harder than winning a Larry O'B. Super Bowl or a, or a World Series or a Super Bowl. On it, just, just like, just given, like, I think we've talked about this, how random hockey can be, and how not all the time, but some, like, it's fifty-fifty where a, a team that beats you in a seven-round series might not actually be the best team. Yeah, I know it sounds weird to say. But it, it it does happen a lot. Probably the only sport that's actually true. That that's actually true, exactly. Maybe baseball. Maybe baseball, but football. Most extent. of the time, it's it's always the best team. And in basketball, that's not even a Almost question. Always. The best team, the best always. team always wins. Um, yeah. So you know, you know what the best way to enunciate that would be is saying I've seen in hockey, I've seen close sweeps in series, like games that all go to overtime, and it's just like a complete coin flip no other sport with series has close sweeps a hundred percent yeah i agree yeah well what a, what an unbelievable segment we just had <laughs> i think that was great WBC to, that was great yeah we were moving it quickly i liked it dude yeah. um i did want to do quickly basketball just very quickly we don't have to go for very long but i really wanted to get to this uh get to this uh austin reeves clip with Jay Williams. Um, the Lakers moved up into 10th. Uh, Jay Williams just asking the tough questions here. I've got the clip. Everybody keeps saying, I wanted to set it first, right? Until I started digging down into it. Well, if you, you bring back LeBron, this team can get to the, potentially to the Western Conference Finals. How do you bring back LeBron? When you bring back LeBron in this short period, how in the hell is Austin Reeves supposed to continue to play at this level? Oh, it's so classic, dude. The how do you bring back LeBron when Austin Reeves is going this strong is really next level stuff. This um, is nuts. <laughs> I can't believe we're in a world where that was said. So shout out to Jay Williams. I know the the NBA, obviously, the West is pretty crazy. I think the, I, I put the standings in here. The gap between four and 11 is so tight that it's, I mean, I've never seen anything quite like this in my life. It's almost usually this time of year, you'd be looking at matchups, like circling things like, oh, maybe this team will play this team. You got just no idea who's going to play who. And somehow the craziest part of it all is Sacramento is one of the teams that's separated from the pack. That's just, I mean, I've ne- I can't believe I'm even saying that sentence. But I guess, Alex, you'd be the NBA guy. So uh, the West has been so fun to watch this year. Um, you just go down from, uh, I mean, you can even throw the, the only teams that are out are Portland, San Antonio, and Houston. I mean, you can even, even though the Pelicans have been absolute garbage, um, they're also in it. And I just think it's um, it's gonna this is gonna be, I mean, probably one of the greatest uh, playoffs we've seen um, in a really long time. 
kind of makes the uh, expansion seem like a genius plan. Because if it was one through eight, um, you know, you're missing out on Dallas, you're missing out on Lakers don't make the cut. Like the OKC being eighth, I think right now in the West, OKC's, uh, OKC to me is a top five team. OKC is playing unbelievable basketball. I love their team. To me, Shea is a top 10 NBA player without a question right now. Um, they got a bunch of really young guys, and I just love uh, what they're building over there in OKC. Uh, Minnesota seems competent, which is something we've like never said, I think, you know, ever. And yeah, it's just really fun. Like I, I've been, uh, you know, big on Sacramento um, also ever since I went to go watch them. And like, it's it's a really fun place. They're 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 really good. Um, I love what Mike Brown's. I think he should. I think he should win uh, Coach of the Year. I don't think it should really be a competition there. Um, and yeah, man, it's it's stacked, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope Phil and I were texting. Um, hopefully, uh, the Lakers can make some noise and just maybe get into the playoffs. I feel like that'd be fun. Get a pretty rested LeBron, see what he could do. Um, so yeah, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I feel like this is a year, unlike a lot of NBA years in my life, where this is. I mean, do you even have a title favorite in in, in the whole league? Like to me, it's Milwaukee. Yeah, but outside of them, it's like a coin flip. If Milwaukee loses one of their big three guys, all of a sudden this is a complete coin flip, to me. Like if yeah, exactly. If Chris Middleton goes down or something again, like hurts hurts his knee again, it's it's a total coin flip. But like you said, as as the cl- classic uh, Bill Simmons would say, "Gun to my head," I'd I'd probably go I'd go Milwaukee. But everything else is uh, super wide open, and I kind of miss the days of wide open NBA because. For like, you know, five to seven years, it was kind of like we already knew who was going to win the title. Um, the Heat, the Spurs were really good. Um, and then the Warriors and Cavs dominating, um, just kind of knew it would it would be. But now it's like you have no idea who could finish in the finals. So it's pretty fun. Do you, I guess it'd be a question for Owen. Do you like it, you like the sport more when it's open like this or when it's a little more predetermined who the final is going to be? More open just for the playoff implications. Like, I think the playoffs are like, I, I mean, I've seen, I grew up like at the prime of my basketball life, like when I was playing and watching a lot. Um, those were the years where it was like basically the first three weeks of the playoffs were just a, a waste of time because it'd be sweep, sweep. Maybe there'd be a five game series, <laughs> yeah. but the two, the two teams were basically locked in. So I think it's a lot more entertaining when, um, you know, even the nine or 10 seed can make a run. Yeah, I, I think the year that I remember the most is the one when the the Celtics, uh, or sorry, the Cavs went twelve and one through the East, and the Warriors went twelve and zero through the West, and then they met up in the finals for that epic five game final series that was lit. <laughs> but but honestly, there is something to be said for the for it when it's a little like more predetermined because the hype machine for like. Yeah. Warriors Cavs is, is yeah. like pretty legendary. To me, it's like there's not like a headline show stopping series like in this in this year's playoffs. I don't see it at least. I get like, yeah, d- like Denver Milwaukee. I feel like a lot of them could be really close. You look like Miami could finish seventh and they could get Boston. I feel like that would be a big fireworks oh. series. That'd be just awesome because Boston and Miami <laughs> in the playoffs is is money i'm gonna be a miami heat billboard if that's the series me too me too um but you you know what and that goes to show that's why i'm you know such a big nba guy like phil said whether it's wide open or whether it's almost predetermined as to who's going to play in the finals 
I mean, it's it's great either way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I do teams I'll be cheering against. Number one, the Celtics, obvious reasons. I hate the Celtics. Team number two, I'll be cheering against the Grizz. Um, oh. Grizz, the Grizz are absolutely my least favorite team in the league. And I know, I mean, there was a big, uh, big to do. I, I would say it would be light to call it a controversy um, with the Grizzlies trotting out John Morant to a standing ovation after his, uh, <laughs> on his return and his dad sitting courtside in a redemption sweater which redemption That's sick. yeah i actually owen and i were discussing we might have to you know get on Redbubble and custom make ourselves a redemption john morant hoodie because redemption from holding up a gun on instagram live and spending like three days in therapy is it's it's all-time redemption redemption from going to the strip club yeah redemption from getting a lap dance redemption from the new york post <laughs> leaking my lap dance photo redemption <laughs> And it, and it continued with Alex's boy, Dylan Brooks, who I actually wrote down a summation of Dylan Brooks's week. Uh, it started when he pushed the cameraman onto the ground and was fined $35,000 for bodying a cameraman. Then he showed up to the next game wearing that like linear vest. I don't know how else I would describe that thing, the thing that was like radioactive silver. Then he got his 18th tech of the season, which that's auto suspension zone. So he's just going to keep missing games. Then he, they asked him about it, which who was doing media requests for Dylan Brooks post game? But they asked him about it after, and he says, it's just paper. My, my $300,000 in fines this year is actually just paper. And then lastly, he had those Theo Pinson comments, which I oh, saw Alex retweeted. Those, those I don't, so funny. <laughs> I don't I know. Those were awesome. <laughs> like, why? Like, I don't understand what. what... I don't know. They were just so funny to me because, like, Dylan Brooks thinks he's some, like, next guy. <laughs> he, he thinks he's on like Shay, like SGA level, you know, and and he's out here like going at my guy Theo Pinson. Theo Pinson seems like one of the nicest guys in the NBA. <laughs> but the fact that like my he's guy, calling the guy a cheerleader and stuff, and like making it seem like it's awesome. It's like no, like you're a cheerleader, bro. Like it, it's all good. Like it, it, nothing to be ashamed about that you're a cheerleader. Um, <laughs> I just like I, I honestly like his antics are just kind of funny at this point. Loki, I think they are kind of funny. Loki, it is funny. It's almost like he's kind of getting to like Aaron Rodgers territory with me. Where I'm just kind of <laughs> like, like you just kind of like learn to like respect the antics and the like jokes. Loki. You know, he's almost like he's almost like us. Like like if Lavar Ball was like an NBA player. That's a good comparison. That's it. and actually this might this might turn out to be the first ever pro Dylan Brooks show because I agree yeah. with you. Like I like I him way more than Morant. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Not even close. Morant's just straight up annoying, but Dylan Brooks is just like, oh, <laughs> like, so. I agree with you. The yeah. only time I ever thought he like lost one of these engagements was with Draymond. I think Draymond like buried him. Yeah. Well, other than he that, called I him think... like, you don't have to look no further than this idiot Dylan Brooks. That was <laughs> yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. But that was like, that was like the, that meme with like, the master whatever yeah. splinter from the verbal meme time yeah. verbal meme. Uh, master splinter honestly, with the ninja turtle and then the other honestly, way dylan brooks gets flamed and roasted so much like he's gotten cooked a bunch of times and he just keeps coming back for more which i think is just even more like impressive he's like a mosquito he you just yeah, don't get everyone rid of everyone hates him yeah. Everyone hates him. He just keeps coming back. Like he's like that, like you know, like the, one of the annoying like like people at recess oh. that like, coming back at you. It's like, hey, 
you want to do this? It's like, no, and he just keeps coming back. It's like, nice. Oh my God. That's a good comparison. I actually still have the clip loaded in, dude. Why the Memphis Grizzlies is not ready to compete for a championship. Look no <laughs> further than this idiot right here. There. <laughs> that's a classic. Uh, Shout out to Draymond Green. I it's love a great little feud we have in the NBA right now. I really like it. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's a good one. They need more of these side beefs recurring. Um, I, I did, I did. I, I, we don't even have to comment on this. I gotta say, I love this week because it just brought a influx of Mar. Uh, what's his name? Mario Chalmers interviews. I don't know why or where <laughs> these came from yeah. or what sparked the Mario Chalmers demand, but I'm all in, and I really like that he said. First of all, nobody fears LeBron. That was a really good take. Same and then the bro. second take, I had to write it down. They asked him about Ray Allen's shot. I don't know if you saw this one. I did. He said, "Quote: I was wide open and I wanted the shot. I would have definitely made it. It wouldn't have even hit the rim. It would have been all net." <laughs> wow. This yeah. Well, we've heard, we know, yeah. I'm not even gonna comment. This is just one of those classic vets. <laughs> was it? Wasn't Ray Allen shot all net? It like, was like he, he was pretty like all net to me. So, <laughs> yeah, it's only one of the greatest like made shots of all yeah. time. He also had like two spurs like in his pants, and he still made the shot. So. It's pretty impressive. It's funny though, because like I've never seen like, or I guess I've seen it, but I've never looked at the other side of the picture of the Ray Allen shot, which is actually just Mario Chalmers like this. He's like, like ball, like I'm ready to get the ball. (laughs) So I kind of like I respect him for staying in the shadows for like literally ten years about this, and then just coming out and being like, I actually was ready for the shot. (laughs) Uh, I also say. Um. Well, well, I guess that was he, he shot pretty well that year. Never mind. I was gonna say he's not even a good three point shooter, but he actually shot pretty well. Respect I to Mario. Up his stats. So good I'm, for him. I'm gonna hit well him done. up tonight if he wants to continue his interview streak. I'll we'll do a special episode just for him. I'll say that much. And mm, yeah, Carlos Boozer's son winning National Player of the Year is also wild, but it it's not even gonna garner a mention today. So I I give today a ten. Very good. Ten. 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 Can I just say, Carlos Boozer's son, for those who don't know what he looks like, looks exactly like what you'd think Carlos Boozer's son would look like. We got a lot of sons, hey, coming into the league. We got LeBron's son. We got Boozer's son. We got Peja Stoyakovic's son. <laughs> Peja Stoyakovic's son. Yeah, really? no, hey, no, 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 no. He's, no, he's, hey, he's like no a five-star. He's so nasty, yeah. bro. I think, he's, I think he committed to Texas. Oh, he's nasty, and he's like oh. he's a super good looking guy. Yeah. Oh, he's so good looking. Yeah. That's, yeah that's I wish I was that guy. Well, that's not yeah. surprising. If you I said think he can take Greek or Serbian nationality, because Paige's <laughs> wife, I think Paige's <laughs> wife. <laughs> what? Like, Alex, like, so play for, the, for the for the team, like for the national team. <laughs> Oh, I love sneaking in Greek <laughs> or Serbian. Alex, well, it, it wasn't the idea. <laughs> Alex, it wasn't the idea. It was just the way that you framed it. It was such a sneak attack. It was like he can play for the Grecian national team or Serbia, and he's leaning towards Serbia. Yeah, that's what oh. I'm saying. Like I'm taking everybody here. Yeah, <laughs> take them all. Build the super team. Owen is right. K-State winning that game is, is shocking. We recorded during the K-State-Michigan State game, which I'm sure people will talk about. That's, I mean, I parlayed K-State. My only problem is I picked Arkansas, so that's uh, 
heat down the drain. Well, tough one for two. I wonder <laughs> if they'll pay you for that. Ah. Oh, well, well, All right. we'll be back Monday. I think that's our last show with you, Alex, for a week, right? Or one show? Uh, yeah, that's right. I think that's it for, for about a week. Yeah, I'll miss two episodes. Mexico? For, I'm on, so this Sunday, just uh, the next two after that, I'm, I'm away. Yeah, but where are you? San Francisco, for the folks okay. that don't know. Another NBA game. I'm going to go watch <laughs> oh, uh, the Warriors. And then I'm actually going to go watch some Otani. So oh, it'll be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And maybe some Otani so they- at the end of the summer. For sure, some Otani at the end of the summer. That's the spirit. With Adam. So it sounds like Foothills Hospital like pays pretty well. <laughs> like AHS, actually. Let's go. Shout out AHS. Shout out AHS. Shout out AHS. Well, you know, when you live with your parents. <laughs> you can stack you it a little bit. To, you get to, you know, save up pretty good. So Raw. That's the spirit. <laughs> yeah. Well... We'll be back after that. You know, one thing I was thinking of doing, and I don't, maybe we could do it on Sunday. It would be a bit of a pinch. But I feel like because it's March Madness, and last year we had our unbelievable pit-in-your-stomach bracket that was oh. everybody brings 16 sides, and we weave it down to the final four. I feel like maybe <laughs> once a year tradition, we could do that again. But it oh, has to so be. Down. It has to be a new topic. Didn't we? Didn't we have a reverse version of something? I think it was a reverse version of that that we were planning to do next, like at this time. Oh, didn't I think Phil or Owen or someone mentioned that we might have done it? We might have done it though. Did we already do it. Like just the one yeah, that makes the greatest feelings. Feel oh, so the greatest good. feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greatest feelings drop. Oh, we also got to watch. Oh, brother, where art thou? That's right. Has anybody started it yet? I, Not yet. I loaded it I up. I just started it last night. I loaded it up the other night, and I just, uh, I just, I, I was like nodding off within two minutes, but it wasn't the movie. It was me. Jeez. So I just went to bed. It wasn't I just the started movie. it last night, and I will, I will say it's just about almost as good as I remember. Perfect. Yeah. I love it. So that's on Sunday or Monday. Pencil that in. People need to remember that. And so we'll be doing that. And then whoever picks the movie next, I think it's me, unless we're doing a snake, which, I, I mean, we can do a snake if Owen wants to go no, back no, no. to back. No, I don't think Wait, it's that you, serious. What did you pick, Phil? Bullet Train. You picked Bullet. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Okay. So that, that that's that's also. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So Monday, we've got plans. Heat, so Phil picked the worst movie. Well, it's well, not a competition. Not, not it was me. not also a bad movie. <laughs> not for me. It was a good movie. I didn't say it was a bad movie. It was just the worst. Adam, and I, Phil, I, you or Adam, you chose Alex's worst movie. Yeah, yeah. true. But Phil picked he, Phil's worst movie. Adam thinks we're doing a best picture competition. <laughs> I was just looking for some fun and some laughs. That's all I was doing with my pick. And you accomplished that, I will say. I, I did have some fun and laughs with that. Thank you. I appreciate it. So. I'll hope to keep the momentum going on Monday when we pick again. But yeah, we'll be back Monday. So have a good weekend, everybody. Enjoy these games. And yeah, we'll be back.